Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm going to talk about probiotics, what they are, how they can help, and how to choose the right supplement for you. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. I hope you're having an amazing day. I am. It's Friday today when I'm recording this episode. Fridays are always a good day and I'm sitting in the glorious sunshine that's streaming in through the window, drying my hair that I washed. You know when you do your hair for the first time in a long time, which has frequently happened to me, and everyone's like, wow, your hair looks great. And you're like, I know, I washed it. Um, yeah, I'm having that moment today. I can feel like it's going to be a good hair day. You know, that you just know that it is. That's my fun fact today, when you know that it's going to be a good hair day. And I just thought of that fun fact right on the spot. The one that I had on my notes today, which is quite appropriate to thinking about probiotics, is that I actually struggle to eat fruit every day. I do, even though I'm a nutritionist and I know how great fruit is for our health, I just don't always enjoy eating it. I wasn't a huge fruit eater as a kid and it's one of those habits that's really stemmed from childhood with me and yeah, I'm still not a great fruit eater. I'm definitely a lot better than I used to be but I've had to become a little bit more creative to help myself include fruit a little bit more consistently but it's certainly something that I'm still working on. So don't ever believe the lie that nutritionists are perfect and follow all the recommendations. We are humans too. And so we know exactly what it's like to grow up with particular childhood habits and work on breaking them. But one of the things to segue into what we're talking about today, which is probiotics, is that fruit is a fantastic source of fiber. And often when I think about maximizing my gut health, I know that when I eat a piece of fruit, I'm going to add five grams of fiber to my day super, super easily. And that fiber is going to go towards feeding all the live bacteria in my gut. Now, when we consume a fiber, a fiber that feeds the bacteria, this is what we call a prebiotic. So it's, you know, a various different types of short chain carbohydrates or fibers that feed the bacteria. So they ferment on it in your gut and that helps them thrive. And so the good bacteria in your gut really, really like fiber. But when it comes to actually adding live bacteria to your gut to sort of add to the colony there, that's when we're talking about a probiotic. And so probiotics are living bacteria that we consume, either via food or a supplement that then add to the bacterial colony or your microbiome that permanently resides in your digestive tract, most of that being in your large intestine. So, you know, typically the thought of consuming bacteria can be a little tough to handle, although we're pretty across it these days as gut health is absolutely trending at the moment. And I get asked quite frequently about the use of pre and probiotics. And so probiotics are actually good bacteria, so not to be consumed, 
confused with the bacteria that cause disease and infection. And they can actually help promote health within your gut. Um, and just for, you know, just general fun fact sake, the word or the root meaning of probiotic actually comes from the Greek word pro meaning promoting and biotic meaning life. So probiotics are the good bacteria promoting good gut health for life. So the way probiotics can help is quite complex and it frustrates me when I see on social media people with no nutrition qualifications talk like they know all about the gastrointestinal tract and bacteria like they've been spending the last 25 years studying it because it is actually extraordinarily complex and we actually don't fully understand the role of probiotics in our health yet and researchers are still investigating all of the potential benefits, but not only for our gut, but also for other areas of our health, like diabetes, immunity, bone health, and reproductive health. And there is promising research in those areas. What we do know is that probiotics can help with a number of gut complications, things like constipation, inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, enteritis, infectious diarrhea, abdominal pain, bloating, as well as urinary um, tract and vaginal health as well. And so, you know, when we look at a study, there was a review study conducted which looked at 14 randomised uh, trials. Um, it was conducted by King's College in London and it found that probiotic supplements improved various symptoms associated with constipation. So the probiotic supplements increased poo frequency, reduced bowel transit time so the poo moved through quicker and improved the consistency of the poo, making it a little bit softer and easier to pass. So in particular, the bacteria Bifidobacterium lactis was the most efficient at assisting constipation, which is actually great news because this Bifidobacterium lactis is actually one of the most commonly used strains of probiotic, along with another probiotic known as lactobacillus. So in terms of those two bacteria, the research has shown that lactobacillus, which is also naturally found in the small intestine, and so it's a probiotic that contains this is about adding more to the small intestine. It's most commonly found in foods that have been fermented. So things like yogurt, etc., and then also some supplements as well. Research has shown benefits include antibiotic um related diarrhea, so helping with that, in helping with infectious diarrhea, and also helping with diarrhea-dominant IBS, um, as well as yeast infections. The other guy, Bifidobacterium, which is naturally found in your colon as well, again, is commonly found in fermented foods and some supplements, and the research has linked these guys to improving other IBS symptoms like pain, bloating, urgency, and discomfort, which is pretty good news. However, as exciting as this news is, unfortunately, the media tends to then overgeneralize and exaggerate findings from research and health science, in particular nutrition. And all of a sudden, we've got miracle cures and, you know, amazing results. And, you know, it's whereas the research is kind of like may help, you know, will improve, potentially support, right? We're finding associations rather than causal, it will cure or it will do that. So I think what is important to remember is that often this kind of over-exaggeration in the media of 
the potential benefit of different, you know, supplements or powders, et cetera, in particular, when you've got companies trying to sell you a product, is that the recommendations and the marketing can leave people feeling pretty confused and they're vulnerable where, you know, they can be exploited by businesses looking to make money. And I can't tell you how many gut supportive powders or supplements that show up in my newsfeed. One, because I talk about nutrition and food and gut health a lot in my day-to-day job. And a lot of them are just making so outrageous claims about what they can help with that it literally just makes me cross. And I just spend a lot of the day cross, actually. So, you know, We see this pattern happen a lot with fad diets. You know, the research starts to look at potential benefits for things and then we get fad diets come out of that, you know, messages like eating more minimally processed foods or whole foods and limiting processed sugars is likely to reduce the risk of chronic disease. From that, we've got messages of sugar is poison and cut out sugars and, you know, this is bad for you and it's like we go from, you know, making this generalised go from making a recommendation for limiting or adjusting or moderating to like, this is evil. And, you know, anyway, I'm getting, I'm going off on a tangent. So just be mindful that the mainstream media and the food and supplement industry often are exaggerating messages and research. So if some, basically, if the research says it may be good, well, then the marketing is like, takes it, you know, Give them an inch and they run a mile, basically. So just be mindful of that. If you want to avoid the trap of good advertising and actually find a probiotic that will genuinely support your health, I'm going to go through a couple of things to look for. And I want to actually thank my colleague, Claire Wolski. This is actually her work. She's my gut health expert over at the Healthy Eating Clinic. And so I've linked to an article that I'm referencing in today's episode that she actually wrote. So if you do need help with finding a probiotic that's right for you or just discussing, you know, potential elimination diets or getting to the bottom of your gut symptoms, or if you just want to maximize your gut health long-term, then she is your gal. So you can book a consultation with her either face-to-face if you're in Canberra or online via video. So first things first is, you know, it's survival of the fittest. So a probiotic is live bacteria and for the probiotic to have a health benefit, it needs to be living, eating and chilling out in your large intestine, right? Which is at the very end of the gastrointestinal tract, which basically means that that little bacteria needs to survive the highly acidic environment of your stomach. It needs to get avoid getting destroyed in the small intestine, right? And So it can make it to your large intestine alive and functioning. And so many food products that contain probiotics or live cultures aren't actually effective in changing your symptoms because they simply can't survive the stomach and small intestine and they just don't make it to the large intestine alive and kicking. So there is evidence to suggest that bacteria in yogurts and dairy products are more likely to survive because the milk helps to lower the acidity that they find when they reach the stomach and that these might be better options um, for effective probiotic products. In saying that, you do also need to be aware of whether or not the bacteria is alive in the actual product. So some yogurts, the bacteria is actually dead, whereas other yogurts, if you were to leave that yogurt out at room temperature, it would grow. I um, buy yogurts like that from a local 
company called Country Valley Milk and yeah, the lids sometimes explode and pop off in the bin because the remnants of yogurt contain live bacteria that continue fermenting when the yogurt's in the bin at room temperature and the gas builds up inside the container and it goes bang and freaks everyone out, but it's just because the bacteria are alive. Okay, next thought is it's dose dependent, right? So another factor that influences the effectiveness of your probiotic is actually how much bacteria is in it. So in some research cases, the doses required to have a clinical effect, so in terms of actually changing symptoms and and being noticeable, is hundreds of millions or billions of what they call colony forming units, CFU, of bacteria, which is a lot, basically. So the goal is, is just put a huge amount of bacteria into the gastrointestinal tract. And so then basically some of those will survive. The chances of some of them surviving are obviously increased the more you have. So a lot of commercial yogurts, they don't really tell us how much bacteria we're getting. So that just from that perspective, it's really difficult to say whether, you know, these products do reach a clinical benefit or not because of just how much the dose of bacteria is. The next thing is thinking about the strain of the bacteria. Now, in Claire's opinion, this is the most important aspect when considering to choose when you're choosing a probiotic, um, and that's the type of bacteria that you're consuming. So, you know, we know that there are many varieties of bacteria. There's lots of different names listed on probiotic foods and supplements. Most of the time, we don't really know what they are, what they do, etc. The differences between individual bacteria, species and strains actually has a really huge impact on whether the bacteria will survive in our gut or not. So make sure you check out the article. The link to it is in the show notes. Claire goes into detail about a couple of strains of bacteria and just talks about why this is really, really important and how you should pick one. So now that you've considered a number of things around the strain and the dose, right, is then thinking about, well, how do I pick one? So firstly, basically, Claire recommends having a healthy level of skepticism when you see the word probiotic on a food or product, right? They may contain live bacteria, but that doesn't mean they'll have a significant impact on your health. And the second thing is to think about what you're wanting to take a probiotic for, if it's for general health and well-being, you may not need a specific strain or dose and in which case, you know, just probiotic yogurts and a broad spectrum probiotic supplement is suitable for you. And of course, maximizing your diet quality, fruit, veggies, whole grains, legumes, nuts and seeds, all that beautiful fiber will help feed that bacteria as well. Otherwise, you know, if you're looking to take a probiotic to manage a particular symptom like constipation or diarrhea, it's actually worthwhile investigating different strains and volumes that have an evidence base to support their effectiveness. And this is what our team at the Healthy Eating Clinic can do. We actually have a a probiotic recommendations list depending on your symptoms and what you're hoping to achieve with the probiotic. So if you're looking for that kind of specific information for you, highly encourage you to book a consultation with one of the team and we can take you through that detail. Otherwise, stay classy team, look after those bacteria in your large intestine and we'll catch you in the next episode. 
After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.